You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, where it's all about helping you grow your Denver real estate portfolio. Here's your host, Chris Lopez. Hey everyone, Chris Lopez here. And in this episode, we're gonna talk about another deal analysis. I think this is the first time on here we've talked about a new build townhome that'll be used as a nomad property on the podcast. So it's a very interesting deal analysis. This is definitely like a higher end property. And so it's interesting how numbers, you know, play out. And this is actually one in Jefferson Park. So just, you know, high-end property in a hot part of town that we're talking about today. And punchline, the numbers still make sense uh, as a long-term rental and nomad. So stay tuned as we go through all those. And before we dive into it, my co-host today is Lauren Valinotti. How are you? Doing good, Chris. How are you doing today? Doing great. And just uh, in case you guys, this is the second deal analysis I'm doing with Lauren. We just did the previous one. Or the previous episode was the uh, West Highlands House Act. If you guys missed that, Lauren is uh, a new member of the team. We were able to partner up a couple months ago. Just a great opportunity. But Lauren and I have known each other for a handful of years now. Yep. Uh, just you know, became friends. We you know done a lot of stuff back and forth just as as real estate professionals and just. Good opportunity came up for us to partner up, which was always on our long-term radar. So excited to have you on here and talk about a bunch of deals because you know this stuff. You got investment background, so this is this is up your alley. Thanks so, so much for having me. So for this client, this is actually a a gentleman I talked to originally about I think two two and a half years ago or so. Um, and I think he had just relo- relocated Denver and was you know wanting to get into investing. Uh, what happened back then, he just moved here and really said, hey, I just want to rent for a while, live in a you know, cool part of downtown, you know, young professional, enjoying the benefits of, of downtown when you're young and single. And also just with, I think it was through some family opportunities out of state, had a good opportunity, some out of state investing as well. Obviously, you know, lower price point, a little better, better cash flow than Denver, one of those markets. And just made sense that he had family there that had some rentals as well. So it was a very good move for him. And then earlier this year, he reached back out, said, hey, at a point where I'm ready to uh, stop renting, buy my first Nomad, and buy his second investment, but first one here in Denver. So, Lauren, talking about the property here, like I gave the background on the client. Give us some background on what he was looking for, because I know you know the numbers of what he was renting for and kind of the balance of, hey, buying something that makes sense and also still enjoying like some cool stuff that downtown has to offer. Yeah, so he was uh, wanting to do a townhouse, wanted something that was very easy to keep keep up, um, wanted something newer. And his rent, he was renting downtown in a brand new apartment building, very posh, um, but outrageous. So just between his rent, storage, it was um, a pretty penny. And he just started running numbers on some townhouses around town and just saw that he could definitely save money each month by going ahead and purchasing a uh, property. So, uh, which, we, is the, which surprised me because, like, the actual, sorry to interrupt you there, yeah. but like his, his mortgage, insurance, taxes, and all that stuff is actually lower than his rental income. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, his rental expense. Rental expense, yeah. And I think we probably have to owe that a lot to just these amazing rates, interest that rates. That definitely helps. So I think that was a big thing for him to finally pull the trigger and start and start looking. And so I know you guys found us the MLS. Um, and this was, I know it's a, you know, it's a, it's a townhouse community, new mm-hmm. build stuff. Um, 
basically across the street from Jefferson Park, right? Right across the street. Absolutely yeah. just fantastic area to be able to have that green space right across from your your unit, I think is um, definitely a plus. The Street 23rd, you can kind of see on the map right here, uh, that takes you directly into into town. So very easy access. Um, and what he really liked about it was it was a brand new townhouse townhouse build. There's about eight units. There are two separate buildings. Um, and his unit is not a end unit, but what's great about it is the building right next to him is zoned for only two stories. So it will never block his views in the kitchen or in his master bedroom. And it just provided a lot of natural light. This particular building, this developer does great work around town. He does smaller units just to stay below some of those like rules about X amount of units. If you have anything above oh. X, then you have to do, um, what is it? It's like the affordable housing, et cetera. So um, this one was completed right whenever COVID hit. So there were a handful of units that were still available. A investor snagged the back two ones. They paid cash for it. They kind of started to scramble. Just they didn't know what was going to happen. So the front units, which go for a little over 800000 they rented out one. And then they were under contract on the other one. But that one ended up falling through. So... The developer was just kind of just scrambling. And like I said, he had two other builds going. And luckily, this one was listed for $645. Because of that, we were able to get under contract for $640, which was great. Which is pretty rare and for new builds. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Normally, it's just more difficult to get a deal whenever you're one of the the, the last ones to buy into it. Normally, we were talking about this earlier, Chris, one investor strategy is go in and buy the very first unit in a brand new development because you're going to get you're going to get a better price at that point. And as the builder continues to sell out the lots, they continue just to raise the base price. And literally before the house is even built or the townhouse, there's going to be appreciation there already. So it was just, again, COVID, COVID struck. The guy was just getting a little bit nervous and just obviously wanted to get, you know, as much money out as possible. He had his holding cost and um, we were able to get in there a little bit below. Another great thing was whenever you buy a brand new build, uh, this is in a, a neighborhood where you're just surrounded by very old, old homes. Um, but in a brand new build, you're able to go in and be as nitpicky as you want and do a, a, a blue tape walkthrough because you are literally buying a brand new home. So you're expecting the house to be in that kind of shape. So we were able to just walk through with some blue tape and just mark every single thing that was pretty much wrong. Normally, you don't ever get to go in do anything like like that with old no. homes. If you they always say if you want a brand new home, you know, with what you're requesting, then you should go and and, and buy one. So So I wanna you mentioned something here because you said it's it's not a end unit, mm -hmm. but it's like an end unit. So yeah. uh describe it. How many stories are these townhomes or is his townhome? Yeah. So this one's actually built into a hill. So the first two units that are technically the end units, that one is three stories with a rooftop. Uh, with a basement, those first two units. So technically it'd be four, okay. four stories. 
And then as the, you know, earth slopes upward, which is where our clients is, that one is only going to be a three story with a roof rooftop. Um, and so it had a, when you first walk in, that's where the garage is, it's the, the garage entrance. There is a um, powder room bathroom with a closet. And then when you walk up the stairs, that's where you're going to get to your kitchen area. Um, that's where the washer and dryer is. It's the open floor, floor plan layout, beautiful finishes. And there's also a powder room bathroom on that floor. You have windows there. And so just kind of touching onto what you're talking about, Chris, of it not being a end unit, but for the building right next door, it's a apartment complex. Um, you know, it's zoned for only being, um, I guess it would just like two, two stories high. So you're, you look at the bottom of the roof, but you have beautiful trees right out of your um, out of your kitchen area. And then you can also see some of the mountains. You can see the parks. And then on the next floor is where you're going to have your two bedrooms. And from his window, again, he has mountain views. It's, again, everything around its zone to where those, those views will always be there for him. On the next floor is where they have their awesome rooftop deck where hopefully we will all get a invite to go hang out. <laughs> um, it's right by the stadium, the football stadium. So for fireworks... Football, you know, just all of that, you're going to really have yeah. just some awesome, awesome views. And then, of course, the mountains as so, well. And because you're, you're explaining, because you have a lot more experience in new builds than I do. Mm -hmm. um, and you're saying a lot of times, you know, if it's a true end unit, they're going to be like a, it's like a hundred thousand plus more of a premium a lot of times, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Yeah. So this one doesn't have that command, that extra premium. But you basically get the majority of the benefits, especially where it counts on the top floors. Yeah, it's mostly when it comes to the natural light, because when you're on an end unit, you're going to have windows on like like on every single corner, which oh, yeah. allows for more natural light. When you're tucked in between additional units, then you're only going to have the windows on each end versus, you know, um, on the other areas as well. But because that building is lower than the second floor, it just floods the house with with uh, light. Cool. All right. So getting into the contract details, already talked about it. You kind of found it on the MLS. So you're able to get a few bucks below list price, which is great. And the inspection times, you said, I mean, you guys literally just, you walk around with a roll of like blue painter's tape yep. and just mark it. And I mean, it was all just, it was all just cosmetic stuff, right? Cosmetic, yep. Paint and level some cabinets, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the builder did all those? Yeah, the builder was like so nice. I've never met such a delightful like developer builder in my entire life. So we were able to bond and we actually got a, another client. Um, it's our our client's friend uh, ended up also buying in this in this unit, in this complex also. So I got to deal with the developer twice and I hope to be able to do many more uh, deals with him. Yeah, I mean, based on, you know, on the inspection stuff as you're going through, I mean, just like lots of, you said, you know, good builder work, but also just does good work when it comes to like building the properties, which yeah. is, you know, there are some good new builds and there are other new builds like, Ooh, exactly. they cut some corners. Exactly. And especially whenever you're advising your clients, um, going out and looking at homes, that's definitely something that we're looking for. We're looking for good quality work because this is something that they're going to be buying and holding. Uh, this isn't something that there's going to be living in, you know, the average, I think right now is like 
five, five years is what the average person stays in a home. So as, you know, things settle and and, and the home, we want to make sure, uh, you know, that the quality of construction is really well. And also it did come with a builder warranty also. All right. So for financing, uh, this client, he used uh, a VA loan because uh, he, you know, he uh, served in the military. So he's able to use a VA loan. So a couple things about the VA loans is that you can do a 0% down purchase. Uh, he ended up putting a little bit down to get below the the jumbo loan limits, right? That was correct. Like, right. Yeah. So he put down right around like three and a half percent of the purchase price. Um and when it comes to PMI, that is not applicable to VA loans because there isn't any. However, there is a funding fee up front, which is added to the loan balance, which is when I the when I've run the numbers, it's pretty similar to like when you run the calculations in Joe's spreadsheet for like a, a PMI upfront prepayment. A lot of times kind of similar to that from the experience I have, but there's a funding fee. Uh they don't come out of pocket on, they just gets uh tacked on the mortgage as well. So yeah, I think that will go with the numbers I was a couple thousand bucks on this property. So VA loan, uh, no seller concessions since it was a new build and appraisal came in at value, which is phenomenal. So going into the spreadsheet here, uh, again, we're using you know Joe's rental spreadsheet on here. So we're going to talk through numbers. If you guys want to copy the spreadsheet, email me or Lauren, and you can always click the show notes to have a couple of these screenshots that we're talking about on here. So we plugged in the purchase price of $640,000 and the uh, the funding fee for the VA loan was pretty close to the upfront mortgage insurance that the spreadsheet auto calculates. So we made a minor adjustment on the acquisition cost, but since it's a VA loan, uh, there's a couple expenses that the seller is required by law to pay for. So acquisition costs tend to be lower. So it's about $4,000 total for acquisition costs and loan cost on here. Plus, with his, you know, down payment put on there, all in for just around $35,000 on a $640,000 property, which is amazing um, and just a great use of leverage. So interest rate, he got it at 2.75%. Now, we're going to kind of go on, a, a take a left turn tangent on here for a few minutes because this is such an important thing right now where we've always stressed the importance of lenders. Um, but that has even become more important since COVID happened because as we were going through the process with our client, you know, we always do, we, you know, as you guys know, we're, we're process driven. We run analyses, run properties, and he ran a couple analyses and sent us over a spreadsheet and he had, I think it was like, like 3.75 or yeah. right around their interest rate. And we were like, Hey, you know, everything looks good. Interest rate. That seems high. Is that, you know, where'd you get that from? He's like, Oh, you know, my lender quoted me that we said, Oh, okay. So and, and he's working with um, a big national lender. Um, and so we said, hey, that seems really high to us right now. You should go talk to one of our, our local lenders. And I think your rate will probably be about three quarters to a 1% lower point on there. So we went and talked to one of our local lenders and end up getting exactly 1% lower, which is a huge, huge gain. And that's, you know, what, 25 or 30% lower than that. So it's a big difference on here. And the reason right now is just with, you know, COVID, a lot of lenders have changed their underwriting guidelines. As we've talked about in previous podcasts, there's some servicing issues on that some lenders are having. Some lenders are just getting overwhelmed with refis. So they're actually like increasing their interest rates on purchases to slow down the influx on there. So just because you work with a lender in the past, really make sure you do 
do your due diligence on there. And as you know, uh, the listeners know, we always like working with local lenders. So we hooked him with our local lenders. Uh, he came in, looked at it, gave him a better quote, came in, got the job done, and our client saved a bunch of money uh, and actually made this from a a you know a prop that you know uh, would be native cash flowing to exactly. I think we're right around like a slightly yeah. positive now. Yeah, I mean for these numbers to even work with this sort of uh, price, we really needed his his rate to be below what the the big national bank was offering. Uh, so yeah, he got that two point seven five without even having to to pay for you know points on that. So yeah. that was fantastic. So I'm excited to look at these other these other numbers. And so, and and we, since this is a nomad property, so he's going to live there, and he's going to stay there, you know, might be a year, might be a couple years, um, and then when he moves out, he's going to keep it as a rental. And again, we always talk strategy, and his strategy, he's, he's uh, you, know, uh, you know, on the younger side, and just has a very long-term outlook, very long-term wealth-building approach, and just says, hey, I want to balance something where I can save money right now on my rent, uh, live somewhere cool, but have an asset that's going to, you know, appreciate and have also just, you know, strong demand and some rent as well. So the rental income on here is being at $3,500. And as you're doing some digging around here, you found mm -hmm. some great comps that did. prove those numbers. Yeah. So like I mentioned in the very beginning, a investor bought both of the back units cash. And I just went on to Zillow just to go look at some, some rent rates around there and saw that there was actually a unit for rent in that exact complex. Um, so was able to scroll down and find the property manager's contact info, and it actually ended up being the investor. Oh, so it was the so owner self-managing? It was the owner self-managing, and he gave me some great insight. So, you know, once we saw, once I saw that number, 3,500, you know, you you kind of scratch your head and you really want to make sure that that is a, a true number. And he let me know that on his other unit, um, he had already rented that out for 3,400. It didn't have a washer and dryer installed yet. So the renters were going to bring in their own washer and dryer. So that's the reason why he had had that $100 reduction on the rent for that one. And then he was in the, um, he was actively trying to rent out the other one for 3,500 and he said he had like seven seven showings that actual day that I was chatting with him. Oh, so I felt very confident exactly that these rent rates, you know, were realistic numbers for our our client to run the numbers with. Again, it's got a two two car garage. You've got bars. You've got green space easy access to anywhere around town. So um, I really feel like this rental unit will probably be for somebody who is just moving into town and just wants to be close to everything and just allow themselves to really figure out the city and they're kind of willing to pay for a premium of a brand new build. That's just my whole take on it. Oh, I agree we'll with see. you. And then we, I mean, we ran it by one of our property managers yeah. and I mean, they confirmed, you know, before we, you know, we didn't tell them, hey, Lauren, I confirmed this, got it, we got uh, I think your numbers a little bit below this. Yeah, they gave us but numbers not far lower. Yeah. much below it. But they don't really, do they really do these types of like units though? Um, I can't remember. Our, I mean, like our like go to property manager. Yeah. Um, can't so remember. yeah, and again too, like it's just difficult to do rent rates around here because you have majority surrounding it is older older yeah. homes. 
Um, but again, I just think, I think that those, that, that rate is going to be easy to, to get. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and all the other assumptions, kind of standard 5% vacancy, uh, being served 3% uh, rent increase, 3% appreciation, all that stuff. Um, he plans on self-managing. Now, one thing we discussed with this client is that, um, you know, he, he travels a lot for work. He's fine self-managing, but he may hire a property manager, do like a tenant-only placement. And, you know, that'll be, you know, half months rent is usually typical out there. Mm -hmm. So that way they handle all the showings, the leasing, the tenant screening, um, all that stuff. And then he's fine self-managing afterwards to take over the, um, you know, the monthly payments. Yeah. Actually, with a new build here, like exactly. knock on wood, yeah. there should not be too many um, uh, repairs. And for the monthly re reserves repairs maintenance, you know, we are we put in there at five percent, which is you know what we usually do for townhomes and condos. Especially since this is a new build, uh, brand new stuff has a warranty for a while as well. So hopefully for the first few years, it's, it's actually lower than that. On some of the renovated properties we've seen, a lot of times we've been in like the one, two, three percent range the first couple of years. Boys like to kind of like ballpark higher because it eventually averages out. Um, and so there is an HOA on here, and you explained to me once, Lauren, but explain to yeah. me and the listeners again. Yeah, so there is not a a true HOA on this. There's a, a party wall. Okay. Um, but, for all the different owners, but they do just have like a shared property management fee. I forget which one is not metered. Um, I think it might've been like the water. There's just like one water meter for everybody. Um, so they just gave us estimated numbers of like roughly like $110 a month for how much they think would be, you know, charged to them. And then during the winter, um, it could fluctuate a little bit just based upon how much snow we get. You know, they'll just call in their 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 snow crew to come and just take care of everything as it happens. So they'll just tack that that on as they need it. So th this covers uh, water, water, sewer, mm -hmm. snow removal. Yes. Well, snow we don't we don't know. That's not this isn't showing okay, us that'll snow. Be bumped up a little exactly. bit. Okay, but they will at least take care of all of it. Exactly, which makes it much easier for self managing. Yes. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's very reasonable. So taxes on here, this is interesting when you see these, a lot of these new builds, not the new build communities out, you know, outside of town, but, you know, new builds within the city, like infill. So the actual taxes are about $1,400, which are extremely low for, you know, a, a property in the $600,000. But, you know, in Colorado, it's every two years, they reassess property taxes. So, you know, since this is a new build, um, a lot of the, ta the taxes are still assessed on whatever was there previously, the previous home, previous dirt lot, whatever was there. Yep. Um, so we'll see it lower. And then looking at some other new builds around, you know, around there that have been built up a couple of years before, because, you know, that's happening in Jefferson Park. Um, we're estimating tax to be right around $3,000. So right now for the first, this year and yeah, next year, he's going to have really low taxes. Um, and then they'll probably jump up to, you know, between $3,000 to $3,500 a year based off comps you're looking at. And as insurance, I mean, only 1000 bucks a year. Um, that's really good for a price, a property at this price point as well. And won't his property insurance go down for him, like after he moves moves out? Yeah, a lot of times it does. Okay. Um, because, you know, while you're living there, they are, you know, they've got the same stuff for the property, the liability, but also they're insuring your personal property as well. Mm -hmm. Then once you move out, it's the landlord's policy. 
and then they're not insuring your personal property as well. They're just more insuring the, the liability and the structure. And then, you know, you get your tenants to go out there and get a renter's policy for a few hundred bucks a year. So we've often seen, not always, but it's not uncommon to see, hey, someone moves out, their insurance is, say, 2000 They move out, it drops a few hundred dollars or something lower. So, yeah, so it could could drop. I mean, $1,000 is pretty good on there, I think, but hopefully it drops a little bit more. So utilities, no water and sewer because that is done by the HOA. Uh, no electric and gas because that will be paid for directly by the tenant. Uh, trash, this is done for us in the property taxes. And then landscaping, snow removal, that's all HOA, right? Yep. Yeah. So pretty simple underwriting there. So getting into the um, the next tab that shows the results here. This it was a, a great surprise for us and exactly what Lauren said because of the low interest rates. Um, it's going to cash flow estimate about $3,700 a year. Amazing. Which, yeah, because we were interested as we were starting to get like a higher end new, but like, oh, this is going to be great to see how pencils out, especially lower interest rates. So we were stoked to see like it being close to $4,000 a year. So keep in mind, we are running it at the the lower, um, you know, taxes. So if it goes up a little bit, hey, the the the, the um, cash flow is going to drop a little bit. It'll still be positive. Um, and plus, if we wanted to, like, there's probably right enough enough meat on the bones there. Hey, go get a property manager, you know, full, you know, 8% a month or so or whatever, and it'll be right around break even. So that was one of the great things that we looked at and discussed. Just depends on where he's at in a couple of years when he moves out. Hey, may self-manage, may hire a property manager. And whether he makes, you know, break even or makes a couple thousand bucks here, he wasn't too concerned about it because he just wanted to, he wanted to ride the wave of growth over there. Um, so that's giving him a 10% cash on cash return um, because he put so little down. And if you look at the that ROIQ quadrant, the return on investment quadrant, um, you know we are seeing double digit or a, I'm sorry, triple digit returns on there, and that's just because he has so little down um, on everything. So just overall, really great use of leverage, um, great use of VA loan, and he's along with our lines. Well, he's you know he likes it. He knows he's high leverage. He's keeping some healthy cash reserves just in case anything goes sideways so he can hold on to it for 10 years or longer and build a bunch of wealth. So uh, anything else we need to mention on here, Lauren? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, pretty much everything in here is what you just mentioned. One little side note, I did just find out that his sister just moved in. So he might be even getting... Oh, it might be house hacking, huh? He is actually kind of turning this into a little bit of a house hack. I know she just moved into town. She's just kind of getting on her feet, trying to find like her next spot. So at least he'll be getting a little bit of of cash flow now. It's great. Awesome. Well, if you guys have any questions on here or you want to pick uh, Lauren's brains about new builds, definitely reach out to us. Otherwise, thanks for listening and we'll see you next podcast. Thank you.